Chapter Two of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Two The Old Order Changeth. Although Colonel Trelawney's house was not a large one, especially when compared with those in that part of Hampstead Heath, in which it was situated it had a spacious comfortable appearance the garden surrounding it added to its attractiveness and made it appear more homelike indeed when the taxi stopped and trelawney got out and looked around him it seemed a very haven of rest to a homesick man it's just beautiful he sighed contentedly just as i have thought of it during six lonely years but all thoughts of house and garden passed from him in a moment for he heard the sound of voices and the scamper of feet a second later the door was opened and he was met by two girls who rushed towards him why eleanor he cried as he kissed the older and taller of the two i shouldn't have known you and by jove you are a pretty girl too as for little peg why you young puss what have you done with yourself like topsy i've growed replied the girl you have growed you make me feel an old man you were a rackety untidy kid when i left and now you are far taller than your mother still you are dad's baby aren't you not much of a baby about me retorted the girl saucily they were both good-looking girls eleanor the older and taller of the two had almost classical features and a striking appearance generally peggy the younger although not yet eighteen years old had a fine well-developed figure both were attired in the latest fashion each of their dresses was cut very low at the neck while their skirts were so short that they exhibited much more of their lower limbs than their grandmothers would have considered necessary colonel trelawney's quick observant eye took all this in at a glance but he made no remark indeed he was so happily excited that details of dress counted for little but where's john he asked here father said a youth coming forward i only wanted to give the girls the first chance he was a quiet thoughtful-looking young fellow just turned nineteen there was a family resemblance between him and the girls but there was something in his face which suggested a difference of character he seemed more reposeful more trustworthy colonel trelawney hesitated a moment and then he put his arm around his shoulder and kissed him god bless you my boy he said fervently john blushed a fiery red while peggy tittered he was a sensitive fellow and like other boys of his age was not given to open manifestation of his feelings your mother has told me about you went on the colonel 
of course i'm immensely pleased that you've been wanting to help your mother all the same i'm sorry you didn't go on to the varsity john shuffled awkwardly and was silent he had been steadily watching his father ever since he had entered the house as if trying to make up his mind about him but he's been such a comfort to me interposed the mother i don't know what i should have done without him john looked more uncomfortable than ever while peggy laughed aloud and then burst out singing our john's a pattern boy a pattern boy a pattern boy our john's a pattern boy yes a pattern boy do be quiet peg he exclaimed but you are laughed the girl and it's only right father should know it oh well broke in the colonel it's good to see you all even though i can't realize even yet that you are no longer children but i must get used to that in the meanwhile we will have a great time together after i've settled up a few things i'm going to have a complete holiday come you girls kiss your old dad again and then we'll have dinner mother told me she'd arranged to put it off till i came home so you'll be hungry we are assented peggy dinner will be ready in five minutes mrs trelawney informed them then i'll have a wash in the meantime said the colonel oh my little kiddies god only knows how i've longed for this hour he found his way upstairs as he spoke while the two girls exchanged significant glances eleanor had scarcely spoken a word since her father's first greeting but she had never taken her eyes from him she might have been trying to understand what kind of man he was john was also silent but the look in his eyes as he watched his father go upstairs spoke volumes during dinner the gathering was somewhat subdued possibly the fact that the head of the house sat at the table had a restraining influence after all they were children when he went away and for six years his controlling hand had been taken away from them during that time mrs trelawney had been solely responsible for everything and she had on her own confession felt the burden of that responsibility very heavily more than once colonel trelawney looked searchingly from one face to another the experience was as strange to him as to his family to leave four children to be for several years separated from them and then to return home and find them changed almost beyond recognition made him feel almost like a stranger in his own house his wife only had remained the same the years of absence had scarcely changed her at all she was the same loving unselfish creature he had always known her to be but the children puzzled him he did not pass any judgment however he was still under the excitement of his homecoming and he felt supremely happy at the thought that he was sitting at his own table with his family around him as for john the colonel's heart warmed as he looked at him i shall be able to make a pal of him 
he thought he's a fine lad if only trev were here we should all be home together he said aloud presently i know it can't be helped but i would have given a good deal to have him with us oh trev's all right laughed peggy he's no end of a swell i don't know how many hearts he's broken already the colonel made no reply he did not seem quite sure of his ground and his eyes were passing quickly from face to face as if endeavouring to form judgment if he can't get leave i shall go to see him at the first opportunity was all he said before going on to relate some of his experiences during the years he had been away the evening passed quickly away the colonel was blissfully happy at being home again while years had seemed to have rolled from his wife at the thought of having him by her side well what do you think of them she asked when at length they had retired to their room john splendid he replied heartily just splendid he is isn't he of course the girls laugh at him but there isn't a nicer boy living why should the girls laugh at him oh they say he's such a sober sides and-and what do you think of the girls eleanor seems very clever but a bit reserved i can't quite make her out yet no she isn't easy to understand of course she's very handsome and very high-spirited and has all sorts of ideas she's got beyond me in fact they both have in what way tell me mrs trelawney hesitated a moment and seemed on the point of answering him but decided to be silent meanwhile the two girls found their way upstairs while john went into the room which in the past years had been called the treadmill it was the room which when they had a governess had been used as a schoolroom well queried peggy when they were alone i see trouble replied eleanor well trouble or no trouble i'm dying for a cig it's the first evening i've spent without smoking for ages give me one haven't got any here i left them down in the treadmill then let's go down and get them i can't sleep without a smoke we'll have to be careful as you can easily see he's of the old-fashioned order and may be shocked well he must be shocked that's all i'm not one to hide my light under a bushel besides everybody smokes now i scarcely know a girl who doesn't have her packet of cigarettes a day still as you say we'll have to be careful he'll not be played with like you i see trouble but let's go down to the treadmill and smoke there the girls went quietly downstairs and found their way into their old schoolroom hello johnny darling exclaimed peggy what are you doing here it's time for children like you to be in bed what are you doing here then retorted john we've come for a smoke replied peggy we haven't any backy upstairs so we came here john looked at them steadily for a few seconds you are afraid of him then 
he replied afraid not a bit what is there to be afraid of nothing if you play the game was the boy's reply don't be silly cried peggy lighting a cigarette and throwing herself in an armchair there was a silence for a few seconds then eleanor broke out well mother's darling what do you think of him he's splendid replied the boy he's just great all the same we are in for a new dispensation a good thing too he added after a few seconds silence bosh replied peggy it's not bosh retorted john if father had been home these last two years things would have been different and you know it bosh repeated peggy i'm just going on in the same way no you are not as a proof of it why didn't you smoke when he was with us why my dear boy there's nothing in smoking i don't say there is but why didn't you oh well we naturally wanted to see which way the wind blew you see he's at a dangerous age she giggled and of course eleanor and i wanted to sum him up first and what do you think of him oh i suppose he's all right but if he thinks he is going to find us a pair of antiques he'll pretty soon find out his mistake he'll have to come to our ways more likely to be the other way i hope so anyhow look here pattern boy are you going to play the game asked eleanor i've nothing to do with it replied john but i'm glad that dad's come home it's time he did come too you've been just doing what you liked with mother and it's done you no good as for dad he's just great i tell you he's the most splendid man i ever saw any one can see at a glance that he's kind and just but i'll stand no nonsense i watched the look in his eye when one of you said something he didn't like he didn't say anything but you'll find out your mistake if you think he's going to allow things to run loose he may be old-fashioned but he's a gentleman through and through and you'll find that he'll be obeyed i'll admit there's a look in his quiet grey eyes which is a bit discomforting eleanor spoke as though she were thinking deeply oh i'm prepared for a hell of a row rejoined peggy flippantly as she crossed her legs and puffed at her cigarette you wouldn't say that in dad's presence john said quietly why what's the harm in it every girl swears now not nice girls retorted the boy thank you and peggy's eyes blazed then we are not nice girls what's the use of getting into a passion was john's reply you know as well as i do that you've picked up with a fast set as a consequence real nice girls are dropping you there's the new hams for example they who cares for the news hams as everybody knows they are just a narrow-minded church-going lot who are tied to their mammy's apron strings what's the use of living if you can't enjoy yourself 
i believe dad will want us to enjoy ourselves replied john but any one can see with half an eye that he's as keen as a razor and that he won't have you going to such dances as you have gone to neither will he have such bounders as that fellow barnes coming to the house look here johnny if you tell dad anything about jim i'll i'll never speak to you again there'll be no need for me to tell him replied the boy if barnes comes here he'll see for himself but i tell you he'll show him the door in double-quick time if jim isn't allowed to come here i shall go to him that's all answered peggy quickly besides why shouldn't he come here i'm going to choose my own friends and if dad thinks he's going to dictate to me he'll find out his mistake i had a good mind to let him come to-night but i thought it might be going a bit too far i expect the mater has told our long-lost father all about him by this time rejoined eleanor no she hasn't laughed the younger girl i put the fear of god into her last night i told her that if she tried to prejudice him against jim or said anything about him i'd run away with him but you don't care anything about him that's all you know anyhow he's good fun and he's one of the best dancers in london in any case if our long-lost father thinks we are going to be like nuns shut up in a nunnery the sooner he knows the truth the better personally i can't imagine what you see in him said eleanor for that matter i can't understand girls who are forever ogling men of course they are all right in their way they take one to the theatre or to supper but as for the love business and marrying it's just sickening i think any girl is a fool who gets married oh you're cold-blooded i try to be sensible anyhow life isn't a very long business and the idea of getting married and having babies and that sort of thing is simply nauseous i suppose that's why you turn the cold shoulder to rod ravenscroft rod ravenscroft is all right as a friend and if i wanted to marry i'd as soon have him as anybody but as i've just said love and marriage make no appeal to me still i don't want to judge any one else we must all live our own lives that's what i mean to do cried peggy and that's why i don't mean to let any one interfere between me and jim you'll find that dad will interfere interposed john then he'll be told to mind his own business that's all it is his business how is it his business if i'm fond of jim it's my own affair but the fellow is such a bounder bounder yourself retorted peggy with flashing eyes and a goody-goody bounder at that of course he's fond of life but so am i and i'm not going to stand any interference either from you or anyone else i told mother so last night john shrugged his shoulders time'll tell he remarked quietly i suppose that means that you'll tell retorted peggy well tell i don't care 
hark what's that cried eleanor at that moment there was the sound of footsteps on the gravel outside and a low tapping at the window-pane peggy's face flushed crimson that'll be jim she whispered i told him not to come to-night but-but but surely you are not going out to him said john as he saw his sister preparing to leave the room of course i am was the girl's reply i'll be back in ten minutes End of chapter two